Hi, everybody, and welcome to Rain City Supercars. I'm Dan. And I'm Nicholas. In this episode, Nick and I decided to talk about our... Whatever the heck we want. <laughs> it's our podcast. <laughs> this week, we're going to talk about our... If we had to pick one perfect supercar for the Pacific Northwest, what would it be? And the best part about this is, is Dan and I have not shared our list, so we get to fight on microphone. Yeah, we decided to leave this intentional that we wouldn't share our list so that we would make this a little more interesting for everybody and ourselves. But uh, it was it was really tough to decide this. But this was inspired by the first snow of the season, which came early this week. Yeah, downtown Bellevue decided to shut down, which I'm fine with. You know, me being from the other side of the state, uh, you can get anywhere you want when it snows here because everybody else freaks out, even though they all have these incredible off-road vehicles. <laughs> so I'm st we're sitting here in the brand new Rain City Supercar Studio, a.k.a. my house high above the Bellevue Way, which 12, 13 feet high above. And I'm looking across the parking lot at Starbucks, and I see like three Escalades that have probably never seen dirt, snow, and maybe a little bit of rain. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because uh, he's right. Everywhere you go, there will be so many mall crawler 4x4s around here and all these SUVs. And they're all running like, you know, might as well be running Michelin Pilot Super Sports all winter. Or like, you know, you get the Escalades around here running on like 26-inch rims and tires that are just like ungodly, you know, a pothole will kill you. Yeah, it's always fun to watch them crash, though. Oh, yes. Soccer moms. <laughs> yeah, so this week uh, I did a, a lighting class at our friends at Mule, uh, which was kind of interesting just talking about the differences between... Um, uh, halogen lights, LED lights, HID, and where it's all lighting. Gone. I thought you went to a highlighting class, like for your hair. Oh yeah, that's oh, a different it does one. look fabulous. That's a different one. Okay, I frosted <laughs> the tips. You frost just the tips, just the tips. That's good to know. So what'd you learn? Um, a lot of stuff I already know. I'm kind of a researcher, obviously, whenever I do stuff. Uh, LED, obviously, the way to go. But it was um, the reason I brought it up is it was just interesting to see all the different uh, off-road vehicles and all those guys prepping for the snow. And I talked to a few guys about where to go snow wheeling. I'm going to plan on doing some of that pretty soon. Uh, if you guys have followed my Instagram, you've probably seen that I got the, the winch installed, the bumper installed, the lights installed. It's finally coming together. And uh, and then I was thinking, I was like, yeah, but what kind of car could I take up here? <laughs> <laughs> How far could I take this? Yeah, and yeah. I discovered that they finally started making snow tires for the Z06. Legitimate snow tires in a 335-25-20 for the rear. You know, I, I think you and I had spoken about this a little bit earlier at breakfast, but um, I think it's a wonderful idea, minus the clearance issue of taking that beautiful front uh, sp sp splitter off your car. Exactly. I, was, I can just imagine snow plowing through powder and then hitting like an ice lip, you know, on the road, just a ridge, and just, just destroying the entire un underside of the car. Although aesthetically, your car with snow tires and like the suction cup ski mount going up to Snoqualmie would pretty be, be pretty interesting so it would be pretty fun and yeah. i admit i even thought about it. i was like maybe i should buy those and not for going up in the snow so much just for the like i was trying to move my car out of the garage and it was about 35 degrees out i think oh yeah you were trying to move the car out and it was like <laughs> that was funny we were, we were uh last week we were putting the bumper on uh on uh, dan's cruiser which only cost me one knuckle joint on my uh, middle finger which i don't want to talk about and um <laughs> i had to move the corvette out of the garage because i nicely did that as a friend and well i killed it first of all and <laughs> the tires were so bouncing across the pavement so it yeah. didn't go as well as i'd like but as we were talking well, about in our other episode yeah my tires were rock hard and it was 35 degrees out they no no ice nothing the roads were fine but no way that thing was getting any traction it's the only time that cold equals hard yeah Okay. Um, so. All right. On to our lists here. Um, I'm going to name my top four without naming my number one pick. And I bet Nick and I are pretty close to the same on the same page here. I'm, I'm curious to see how many of ours cross over. Do you have a gremlin on there? 
I don't. Oh, okay. They never. So mind. Um, one of the let's talk about a little more about the criteria and how we decided this. Like uh, at first, when I started thinking about this, I was like, you know, a raptor would probably be a, a new one would be really ideal for all conditions all the time, but it's not a supercar. It's I mean, we see a lot of them around here. They're awesome trucks, and I even admit I still want one a little bit, but. It didn't make my list because I wanted to make sure, one, it was a car, not a not an SUV, so no uh, Macan turbos. So that would also probably have been on my list, too. Fantastic vehicle. So just cars that I could get into every single day of the year without compromise if I just change the tires. And that makes it a pretty short list, actually. Like, what can go anywhere all the time? Well, and like I said to this, when you sent me the texture this week, it, it depends on where you take the car. Like, for guys like us, like... And, and I was looking at my list, and this was hard because I was kind of all over the place. I started. I was looking. I was looking at some SUVs. I was looking at some supercars. I was looking at some hypercars, even. Yeah, oh yeah. Of something that, but but then I sit there and think, well, you know, I'd like to drive to Spokane every once in a while, and like, <laughs> you have to go over the pass, and and like we just spoke about your about the Z06, like there are clearance issues. There are cars that I know that I could get through the snow, but clearance wise, I would probably lose front bumpers, oil pans, right? You know, things of that nature. Yeah, and so that keeping that in mind, there's still a few cars I think can do that, even on the supercar list, but let's get to it, and I'll explain as we go. Mm-hmm. So my number five pick, which, and I, I researched this quite a bit this week just to see what else is out there, and I actually test drove one of these and loved it. It was just a little more than I wanted to spend, and that was the Jaguar F-Type SVR all-wheel drive. I didn't even know that existed in all-wheel drive, to be honest. Yeah, okay. it's a, you know, over 500 and something horsepower, all-wheel drive, um, just gorgeous car, and it sounds fantastic, that awesome V8. And it didn't get any farther than number five because I wasn't sure it's the type of car I would ever drive to, like, Banff or Jasper because I don't know if it would make it because it's British. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you remember the iconic scene of the uh, Jaguar chasing Mr. Bond on the ice, as long as you have like long studded st- spiked tires, you'd be fine. And, and a <laughs> rocket launcher in your back seat. But other than that, but it's got decent trunk space. It's super comfortable. It's absolutely yeah. built as a grand tour. And that, uh, as much as I love the harsh ride, and I've taken my Z06 all over the US, or at least the Western side of it, um, it sure would be nice to have a car that is just silent on the highway when you want it to be. And has really comfy seats. But I, I still think my C7 could do that, but not in the snow. So if it wasn't for the fact that I don't, I still haven't been convinced totally that Jag is going to be able to, like, I'm never going to, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to drive a car like that and not worry a little bit. Well, I mean, reliability. I mean, and this is coming from me who has a British car, a vintage British car, but reliability has never been the, the, the best thing in the world. Um, actually, this week we've been de- speaking of reliability with British cars. I've been having some issues with my mom's Land Rover for the fact that it doesn't want to come out of drive. Oh, that's a bad issue. So, well, yeah, it's going in, but I mean, but it's, it's little things like that. These, yeah. these, these haunting ghosts that seem to come across the pond that you don't understand why and you, and, and you don't understand how it's ever going to be solved. Yeah, so. and it's, it didn't, it's not like the first 25 or 30,000 miles that I worried about. It was the... Like, what's this thing going to be at at a hundred thousand miles? And that is a big deal to me because I'm I'm a hypermiler, like not a hypermiler. That's not the wrong word. I don't care about my mileage. I just drive a lot of miles, and getting to that like fifty thousand, sixty thousand mark, am I going to be terrified of this thing breaking down every time I drive it? And the answer is yes, actually. Uh, in that, sense. Well, let alone the cost when it breaks down as well. Exactly, so. and yeah. the rarity of the parts and everything else that comes with it. I think it's a great car. Um, I think Jag is very much heading in the right direction. The more I see of them, it's nice to see Jaguar is back, mm-hmm. but 
it's still it stopped at number five. What's your number five, Nick? Well, you know, it was kind of tough, like I said, and and I, I came at this a little bit differently because I'm not a, a person that writes a lot of things down. That's why Dan knows I was kind of researching some of this while we were sitting here <laughs> setting up the new studio. But um, a car that kind of came onto my list, and, and this is a car that has grown on me. When it first came out, I thought it was well, it was it was a, it looked like a squished uh, TT, and that would be the the Audi R8 V10 Plus. Oh. And I just thought, like, I I feel like it's kind of a car, like, with, with Audi, when they make a supercar like that, I feel like it's an everyday man's supercar. Like, mm-hmm. that's the same chassis that's sitting under the Huracan, and, and right. there's a lot of similarities. But I don't think I would, I would think the same things, the same things about the Huracan that I would about the Audi. And, and don't get me wrong, I love the Huracan, love everything about it. But when I think of the, the V10, I just think you have a little bit more space. I think with the all-wheel drive system, you could really take it anywhere. And again, I, I, it keep, keeps coming up in my mind is the clearance issues because I've seen people like uh, what's his name, John, the, the skier that uh, Vol- oh. Volstein, or Olson, John Olson, and yeah. he has a wonderful, wonderful YouTube channel. But he's taken Huracans, he's taken he had a Rolls Royce uh, Ghost or not or something like that. He took up, I mean, yeah, and, and he makes these cars go off road, and, and and there's no limitations to it, and and that's what I like about it. But and money, he's, money, money I know, money, it's money, <laughs> and a roof box, but yeah. The Audi V8, it's a car that has really grown on me, and I can truly say that I like now. Like, yeah. And I don't know why, because when it came out, I remember sitting there with a mutual friend of ours who's a big Audi person and going, that's hideous. It, it looks like oh, a squished TT. I always loved it. I loved well, I missed, I'm not going I missed the carbon fiber blades. I think it's the biggest design flaw because they didn't integrate it somehow, but whatever. They still have they still have the blades on the side. They're just the shorter ones, though. Oh, they're just I like see what you're saying. I loved the how they went side. all to the roof. They're like, not the full They should have modernized that design somehow, but that's yeah. just my preference. Well, I mean, and like I said, I, I think I think you, you, there's more trunk space. I think that you know, and and I I, I like unlike you, I'm somewhat of an aesthetic person. Like I think it would look awesome with a roof box, you know, <laughs> because and I think the roof box takes up a lot of my, my need for for taking things. And it's it's right. it's a semi comfortable car that I think that I could yeah. drive daily. I think you know, and another thing I thought about around here, especially in in Seattle and things like that, and I spend a lot of time downtown is clearances getting in and out of buildings. Like some of these buildings downtown yep. are insanely narrow. Like they built them for micro cars, which I don't get. And, you know, uh, so I, I think I think it would be it would make it a little, I, I think I could take that car and I could really put the miles on it. But that being said, and we have a, a good friend who's an Audi tech, what it costs to, con- to keep it going and keep the maintenance and the parts, you're paying German Audi prices and it, it, it can get very expensive. I feel like the V10 is a pretty solid build at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know I, I don't know if they had any real notorious problems. We'll have to ask him over the years. But for the most part, I think that's a pretty solid car, the Huracan and the, uh, yeah. the R8. Um, it's funny, I have that especially on a list that says cars that didn't make the cut. And for the same reason, <laughs> that was like that went back and forth for me on this list so many times. And actually, I, I didn't choose it for a totally different reason um, uh, because they just don't have enough space uh, for carrying stuff. If I had only one car to drive and every single day and it was a supercar, I don't feel like that would be enough space for whatever I wanted to do. And I even looked at one, I very seriously looked at one right before I bought my Z06. I almost bought an R8 V10, not a GT. And yeah, it was a lot of money and it's a beautiful car. I, I, I think it looks better than my Z06 any day of the week, if I'm being honest. And I love the way my Z06 looks, but it just didn't have the space. And you know me, I'm, I'll hit the road for two and a half weeks and I'll have a back. Like I literally, when I did my Z06 road trip, I had a backpack, I had a tent, I had a cooler. 
<laughs> and I still had room to take the roof off. I Full had like, tank of gas, half pack of cigarettes. It was dark and you're wearing sunglasses. <laughs> if anybody gets that reference, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a legitimate deal breaker for me, which was really disappointing because I loved the car and I loved the idea of having all-wheel drive. But the Z06 in a really weird way was more practical. <laughs> And yeah. it wasn't my only car. But anyway, I I, I love the R8 and the Huracan uh, and the uh, Gallardo too as well for going back a little ways. Same reason they didn't make the cut. It's just an amount of space for me. Well, and the funny thing is, is we, uh, Dan and I were doing a little bit of research before we did this and we were looking on a, 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 a carthrottle.com. Oh, yeah, carthrottle. And yeah. I typed in like, you know, easiest, uh, best, you know, everyday supercars. And the, the, the Audi R8 V10 Plus came in like number six. And I was telling, we were laughing because the number seven car was the Z06, uh, the, the Z06, Z06, Z06. Yeah. Z06. And I'm going, well, this was probably written in a California or uh, Arizona state where that makes a lot of sense and you yeah. could do that every day. But yeah, um, I could totally, yeah, that's, that's the funny thing is if I lived in Arizona, I would absolutely daily the Z06. Um, it was funny, on my road trip, I averaged uh, a little over 22 miles to the gallon in a Z06, which is insane for a car with 650 horsepower. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, it was a little stiff. That was my only real complaint on the trip, but it wasn't loud and it, it was fine. The car's comfortable. Yeah, it's a very yeah, comfortable car. Very comfortable car. All right. Um, let's take a quick break. Um, we'll get a message from our sponsor before we move on to most of the rest of our list. Hey, this is Nick from Rain City Supercars. This part of the podcast is brought to you by M Squared Fitness. Personalized fitness, personalized performance. Find M Squared Fitness online at m2-fitness.com. Mention Rain City Supercars. Get your first session free. All right. Welcome back, everybody. And right now, Nick and I left off with uh, number four. Nick, you start this time. What was your number four? Well, um, and I, and I want to say that this, I want to preempt this. You know, my list is tough because I, I internally I fought with so many things like, well, if I didn't go skiing, like I could have a rear wheel drive car and be fine like that. But um, I liked I like to live a, an active lifestyle, you know, so you know, <laughs> lots of push ups, things like that. Uh, number four would be the Porsche 911 Turbo S. I mean, wow. you, you know. You've got a, a really nice engine, about 560 horsepower. Mm-hmm. You've got great trunk space. Um, zero to 60 in like 2.8, 2.9 seconds, depending Crazy on who's... fast car. You know, um, tires would be expensive, but let's be honest, they'd be worth it. Yeah. Um, and ironically, around this area, we see a ton of Porsches that are they're driven year-round. Yeah, actually, a, a Carrera 4S is another one of those cars that's on my list to own one day. Not yeah. the turbo. I love the turbo. Don't get me wrong, but uh, just for the sake of not having turbos and just the ease of driving around all the time, sure. I naturally aspirated. Even though you can't buy that anymore with the 911, I still prefer naturally aspirated when I can. I mean, I did a little bit of research on this, and you know, I, I was trying to find like the videos of people that took them up to ski resorts, and mm-hmm. most of them were just people doing donuts that, in parking uh, lots. <laughs> Top Gear USA episode, or Top Gear, not USA. Uh, it was yeah. Matt LeBlanc and somebody else. Yeah, it's Top Gear, yeah, and yeah. Oh, Chris Harris was Chris it? Harrison, yeah. yeah. They drove the Huracan and the 911 Turbo on the ski yep. slope. Yeah. Yep. Convertible. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be fine. I don't know if I'd go convertible because I, I might, again, because of my lifestyle, lots of the push-ups have to have the roof box or something like, you know, something like that. That's Because like you said, I, I would want the ability to to go on really long road trips or, you know, really long trips that, that would require, you know, more than a backpack. I mean, I, I like to have at least one suitcase and, you know. Yeah, one car's got plenty of room. The, the 911s are surprisingly roomy. Oh, yeah. I mean, they have rear seats. I mean, I wouldn't, they're not seat seats, but you could put a... It's a small bucket to carry your drone yeah, in the back, I think. Is <laughs> like, say, something like your that. Your wash bucket goes back there. Um, cost of maintenance, obviously, is still going to be really high, but um, I, I don't think, I mean, if, if you're if you're dailying it... Um, 
you're going to be putting the miles on it, but it's not going to be sitting. I like a lot of problem with those cars that they sit and the, and the seals go bad, things like that. So I think if you're, you're dailing it, it might not be as bad. I think the turbo is probably one of the more bulletproof options here. Yeah. Like that's that. Yeah. That's a great car. Um, Ironically, I've never driven one. So, I mean, but uh, really, I, it's just never been something. I mean, I'm sure I could get my hands on one if I asked some people driven. nicely. I, I never, I never knew that. I thought you've driven of all cars that wouldn't. And and we and, and a lot of people don't know this, but Porsche is the most confusing brand to me in the world. I mean, and well, I have made, got like 40 I have models made of more Porsche owners mad. Not meaning to like air cooled, water cooled, you know, wind cooled. You know, whatever. It's like I'm, I'm, and I apologize for that. Like I said, I should probably do more research on it. But I just. As a car, I love Porsche. I really do. I always yeah. have. I mean, since the little little speedsters, even the replicas, I think are really cool. Uh, yeah, actually, um, yeah, I prefer the replicas because I wouldn't be afraid to drive a lot of, it. A yeah. lot cheaper. Yeah, I mean, don't exactly. pull a James Dean. But I mean, and and then I I think Porsche has done a really good job of getting into the SUV market. I think they did. Yeah. They they made the transition really well, a lot better than most companies. And I mean, there's there's a, there's going to be, and I, this is a little bit off topic. But there's going to be a transition into the off-road market here. It look, looks well, Lamborghini's going to make it here real soon. Yeah, that's true. And then it looks like Ferrari, which I think Ferrari's just basically going to take a GT4 Lusso really? or an FF, and and oh yeah, it'll. Happen. I thought Ferrari was like never going to happen. I thought that was their. Well, but the thing about it is, is Ferrari's guess. publicly owned now. Oh, that's so right. Money's there's a few money. more voices going, uh, you know. So, but th- I think that's my number four. Get back to that is the 911 Turbo S, um, that, and that's and that's on a lot of lists out there. Like, so I feel like it's kind of obvious, but it, it, that that's eh, where it came in. It's so, obvious for a reason. Yeah. Um, my number four is uh, a car I've owned before. That's the Nissan GTR. Okay. Um, I guess if I had to do, pick it perfectly, I'd probably pick the Nismo. But on this list, I actually wouldn't. And the reason I wouldn't is because I wouldn't want all those external carbon ground effects for a car I would drive every single day. They would get destroyed over time. Even my standard ground effects had uh, required some extensive repair. Um, and not even I never curbed that car once. It was uh, just exiting and entering driveways. Um just ended up destroying the front of that car. But the reason I put it on here, um, and it didn't go higher than number four, but the reason it's on here is that thing has traction managed by God himself. I don't know how they made that thing get the traction it does because it has, like I've mentioned it before, it's a 90% rear-wheel drive bias car, but it will completely reverse that if it needs to. Okay. And I loved launching that thing in the rain. I don't mean launch mode. I mean just like punching it, punching, on, a, yeah. on a wet street because... Rear end fires up, kicks loose, loses traction, and you feel the front end just take over and be like, I got this. We're good. Yep. Hold on. Yeah. And then it just goes. Yeah. And it was rain, snow. With the right tires, that car will go anywhere. And um, it's actually not that low, but it has a lot of front overhang, much like the C6 Corvette or mm-hmm. a lot of cars did. And it didn't have a lift system, which is a big downside of that car. But because of that, um, that long front overhang, it bottomed out a lot. But it wasn't that low, so it was never bad over speed bumps or driving around. Um, the suspension was pretty stiff on it, but it was quiet. It was comfortable. I put 25,000 miles on mine in one year. It never gave me a hiccup. Um, I did have the TSG done for the bell housing in it. Uh, mine never okay. gave me a problem, but there's a, a known issue in... I'm preemptive telling, strike for you. Kind yeah, of. it was a preemptive okay. strike, and then I sold it. And I sold it because it was out of warranty. Mm-hmm. And that's why I didn't go any higher on this. I love that car. I really do. If they had given that car a transmission that didn't make me afraid to drive it for extended periods of time, it's, I would have kept it for sure. And I would have even preferred it over the Z06. But 
I can't keep driving a car that I'm always worried I'm going to like out of warranty that suddenly goes ten to fifteen thousand dollar repair bill. Cost of maintenance is, is something we've talked about before. It's oh, like and it's super high in the GTR. There are so many people in the world that can go out and you could get the loan for the Lamborghini or the Ferrari. Yeah, but it, that's not the expensive part of owning cars. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> it's the oh yeah. By the way, um, you need an oil job and that's uh, ten thousand dollars or whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I was, somebody was telling me I was watching a video that. Um, the first service on a uh, Bugatti Chiron was is they, they check the washer fluid, they change the oil, and they look at the wiper blades, and it's twenty two thousand dollars. Probably because it has to be done by them at this. Yeah, but I mean, but still, it's like yeah, it's crazy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, there's another podcast podcast I listen to where they talk about the maintenance on a McLaren F1, and that is easily you. more than most supercars. It just yeah. in maintenance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the GTR it would be much higher on this list if it wasn't for that blasted transmission. Yeah. Um, well, you've had more experience with it than I, but, um, but yeah. And, and not only that, but like you said, the maintenance cost on one of those is shockingly high, mm-hmm. uh, even for a car that would seem simple, like a transmission service, which you need to change the fluid on those pretty often is about a thousand bucks. If you have the dealer do it, you can do it yourself for significantly less, but even in oil, I paid $300 in transmission fluid in fluid, not to have it done just the fluid itself. Is, is there only one certain type that they want to put in there? Uh, they is have it the, Nissan you can, branded? You can or? buy the Nissan stuff. I, I used Motul in mine. Okay. pretty common. But it's like, I mean, you need because that thing launches hard and weighs a lot, you're changing your diff fluid pretty often. You're changing your transmission fluid pretty often. Oil changes are pretty normal. Ten quarts of synthetic. Nothing special there. Um, remember when you could fill an engine with like four quarts? <laughs> I think my old remember Chira- those days. Like, <laughs> I think my old Chiraco held like four quarts. Pretty or much, yeah. Quarts, exactly. And now it's like, yeah, my, my, I think my... I think my Z06 is like 10 and a half or something crazy yeah. too. Dry some. Of course. But yeah. Um, nice. Still, man, I, I wish I could. It, it hurts me a little. I wish I could put this car higher. But uh, after owning one, it's like, this is the perfect car for 36,000 miles. Okay. Well, let's move on to number three. And I'm going to let you do your number three. And, and that will be obvious why I want to do my number three after yours in a minute. But um, <laughs> you go ahead and, and tell me what your number three is. My number three went uh, way up above and beyond the budget of normal. But if it... Uh, well, we have no budget. So it's... Yeah, but we yeah. have no budget. Yeah. So that is the Ferrari GTC4 Lusso. Uh, the okay. 2016 specifically, not the T, because they moved to rear-wheel drive and kept the four-wheel steering for the latest model. But the 2016 Ferrari GTC, GTC4 Lusso which replaced the FF, which I'm a huge fan. Everybody thinks that there's so much hate for that car. I don't understand it. Like, I was never a huge... Again, like the Audi R8, like when the FF came out, I looked at that and I went, that's a lot of hood. It's <laughs> a lot of hood. But it really grew on me. And then, and I really liked the way that, that... I don't know if Ferrari necessarily listened or just sort of changed the car, but, you know, the, the GT4 Lusso, it's just a gorgeous car. I just and everything about it. I think it's beautifully ugly. That beautifully ugly. That's good. Okay. Because it's got those rear seats that just don't belong there. It's Mm -hmm. basically a four seater FF, Mm -hmm. uh, not FF, F twelve Berlinetta with all wheel drive, and I love that. F twelve is one of my favorite cars ever by design. But uh, it's just that level of performance with all wheel drive, with four wheel steering, uh, that amazing transmission. That thing is just crazy fast and mm-hmm. i can't imagine how much fun it would be to daily one of those yeah and you could it's got a front lift on it i mean there's a few people we know a few people around this yeah. town that are dailing four five eights and, and all kinds you can do it with the ferraris you can there's a lot of high mileage ferraris and i mean i think they can take it if you, as long as you service them yeah there's a, a there's a f12 berlinetta at work that's daily again he dailies it i mean obviously on the days it snows he just doesn't bother coming to work um, but, I want that life, right? <laughs> hey, he's earned it, absolutely. Uh, but uh, it's it's. I think the GTC4 Lusso. I even wanted to put higher, but 
like I said, if I had to daily it, you know how expensive that car would get so fast? But Most I mean, Ferraris don't see more than like 10,000 miles in their lifetime. No, which I think is a sin. But I, I, I've never understood sitting and looking at a car. I mean, cars are pretty, but they're meant to be driven. There's a reason there's a steering wheel in them. So Yeah, I just, uh, I, and this is a personalized list. Let's keep that in mind. Nick and I aren't being totally objective, like this is the best car ever when we get to number one. I'm You're going to realize there's some crossover here too, that Dan and I share the same brain. So Yeah, <laughs> but uh, for me, this this wouldn't work for my lifestyle and the lifestyle I want, which is I'm going to look outside one day and I'll be like, ah, oh, the weather's crap here, but I bet you it's really pretty in Jasper right now. Yep. So I'm going to drive north through the wind and the rain and then into the snow and the ice fields, and I want to drive that thing all the way up there. And I didn't mention this in the GTR, but I actually looked at driving my GTR up north to the Arctic Circle at one point. And I fully supported that, actually. Uh, Nissan. I literally wrote Nissan a letter. I should find it. Um, and they were like, no, you can't do that because the transmission won't operate at those temperatures. <laughs> Which is fair. I mean, <laughs> of all the places to test it, like, you know, have this been to the Arctic Circle? Yeah. Have this been to the North Pole? <laughs> right. And uh, I guess they frown on negative 40, uh, which is understandable. But Most people do. On the flip side, uh, Porsche and Audi were like, yeah, that's fine. No big deal. Put snow tires on it. You're good to go. <laughs> Again. <laughs> kind of makes sense. All right. What was your number, well, uh, number three, Nick? Uh, the Nissan GTR. <laughs> and I just didn't want to talk about it after you talked about it. Um, you know, I picked this car for, for a lot simpler reasons. Obviously, I, I had driven yours and, and really loved it. But um, I've always seen the GTR as an all-around car. I've seen it blazing through the desert, and I've seen it blazing up ski hills. I mean, yeah. around here, too, everywhere. And it's just such a versatile car, I think. And I mean... Even before I knew you, I mean, the GTR was always something of like a little bit of a unicorn on my mind of something like mm-hmm. that would be the perfect car to have if I had no wife and no children, which is ironic because I have no wife and no children. I should probably have a Nissan GTR. But um, <laughs> I, I think space-wise, there's, there's, a lot, there's enough space that you can cram. You could get four people in it. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know? Yeah. You have the trunk space. I mean, it's, that's a big car. I mean, that, that, it's she's, a she's big car. Maybe got back. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and it's a powerful car. But it's a car that can be driven very calmly and very nicely if you want it to, like you said. Or yeah, you just can throw it and drive and go. Yeah, and and, and it, it it's it's a it's a rolling computer, which I think is really cool. I think just the, the features <laughs> alone in that car, that, are, that a lot of people sit there and go, stu- they're stupid, but I think it's incredible. Like yeah. it's just so cool. Um, I, I wouldn't say the funny thing about it is, is I wouldn't say that about the past ge- generations, like the R34 and stuff like that. I would look at that and go, I never owned that in a, in a winter place, just because it. The R34 seemed more like it was built for a track or drifting. And and the newest GTRs seem like they're built for the world. Like they're built to go anywhere. And I and I yeah. and I kind of think that Well, in a way they are. I mean, they they built it for an American market. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, it's a big when you think of how big that car is, then you think of where it comes out of Nissan, it's like this this wasn't built for there. Yeah. I mean, the, the the small streets and the small parking lots and things like that. But I just picked it because I like I said I, I battled with this because I'm sitting there looking, going, well, if I stop skiing, La Ferrari, boom, out the door, goodbye, <laughs> have a nice day, we're good. So, yeah. um, because all I really need is a gas station, a place to plug it in, and we're good. So, I mean, but you, like I said, around here, like depending on your lifestyle, if you're if you're not a, a winter warrior and you're not up in the mountains, you could really have it. You could have we, Dan and I were talking at the break. You could have a McLaren 720 and be just fine. Yeah, I mean. Unless, well, at that point, then if you owned it, you'd have to be working hard to be old. It'd be hard to get in and out of, but I mean, I'd manage, you know. Yeah, if, if so. it wasn't for the uh, the winter fact and, you know, Northwest specific car, yeah. a 675 LT would be the very top of my list. Absolutely. Because it's one of Absolutely. the best cars I've ever seen. I can definitely see that. 
Yeah. Nice. All right. So number two, you want to take number two to start? Well, this is one near and dear to my heart, and this would be the Maserati Ghibli Q4S. Man, that's a controversial (laughs) choice. Every magazine and article review hates that car. And the funny thing is, I disagree with every one of them because, and you've seen the photos, I've had my car in tons of snow up on on Snoqualmie Pass. When, When trucks were pulled over and SUVs weren't going, and I was blasting through the snow. The lip wasn't too low. I had four. I had three people in the car plus gear, and the all-wheel drive system did great, which yeah, is ironically a trickle down from Ferrari and the FF and things like that. I yeah. mean, and with the Ferrari sourced engine, um, and I, I know it causes controversy. And the funny thing is, is you know, I've had some minor issues with it, which we talked about, but it hasn't gone or done anything that I haven't asked it to do. I, I've never been able to overdrive that car. Yeah, it makes sense. And and it, and it's been an enjoyable car. And it, and back to your previous point, it's one of the most comfortable cars I've ever driven. Yeah, it is really comfortable to you drive. You know, um, and and like it I said, drives really easy. It, it drives really easy. Well, especially when <laughs> when it has needs new tires, huh, Dan? No. <laughs> but um, it, I I don't. I, that's the whole point of this. This is my list, and anybody else can just you know. Again, this is our podcast and my list, so <laughs> that's how I look at it. Um, we can't be bought. We can, but it, it it's expensive. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my number two. Um, I, it's high on my list. I think I don't know if it would necessarily be as high on my list if I didn't personally have one in my life. Like I think huh. that's okay because if I didn't, I'd be reading the reviews, going, "Oh, this car is shit." <laughs> like <laughs> it, it's one of those things where I've gone, I've gone. Well, we're, it's, it's snowing. It's, there's a ton of snow in the past. Well, let's try it. And yeah. I didn't have any issues. I mean, the photos I took up on Snowcolumbia Pass actually got picked up by Maserati. I don't think they ever used them, but like, and we were in a lot of snow, which was kind of a cool thing to do. So. Yeah. That's 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 sort of my. It's a personal thing, so. Yeah, you know it's funny. I'm gonna before I get to my number two, I'm gonna talk about one thing I've mentioned briefly in a few other podcasts. Is I hate car reviews. I can't stand them because they. What's get, one person's opinion? Well, it's not. It's not even that. It's like, hey, here's this brand new car that we prepped specifically for this test with these specific tires, or even just the stock tires that come with it. But they're brand new, and you get to drive it for a week or a weekend, and then you tell everybody your full review of the car. Um, thank God for long-term test reviews, but it's one of those things where I don't feel like people capture the spirit of the car at all. And I take them all with a grain of salt now. And I, when I was younger, it was like, it's all a spec battle of, you know, oh, look how well this one did in this test or in this test. But it's like, and when I was talking about, uh, like when they review a Porsche 911 next to, um, a Corvette Grand Sport, yeah. I'm like, okay, well let's, first of all, the Grand Sport won, but let's see all what would happen if we put, I don't know, another $35,000 into the Grand Sport and then redid the test. Like, can you imagine what that would come with? There would be nothing left then. Like, you could like. Did the Grand Sport win in that test? Yeah, Grand Sport won. Yeah, it's still won. Yeah, it still won. The Corvette was faster off the line because of the transmission. Yeah, seven speed. They're the I think eight speed, seven speed PDK versus the manual in the Corvette. But like, okay, the seats are. It's not quiet enough. Okay, for thirty extra thousand dollars, I can probably add a little insulation. I can probably reform the seats. I can probably change. It's a Corvette. Who cares? Who wants a quiet Corvette? But it's like, I mean, they, whatever grapes they have, I, they're like, well, it's, you know, we're going to compare these. I'm like, well, they may compete on paper, but they don't on price at all. And that market is totally different. Somebody who's looking at a $70,000 car is not the same person buying a $100,000 car typically. Sometimes, but $30,000 to a lot of people is a lot of money. To some people, it's not. Several cars, actually. Yeah, but it's, people, like, yeah. it's like, okay, but yeah, the, the you know, the, the Porsche is all-wheel drive. Well, for thirty thousand dollars, I can go buy a new Tacoma four-wheel drive. Literally, I mean, and tow it's, my Grand Sport anywhere I want to go. 
Exactly. Or I can buy a used <laughs> F-150 in addition to it. I'm like, that's yeah. not fair. That's not how this works. Um, and I get like the driver shootout. I understand what they're trying to do and get the hype and the views, but that's not, that's not owning a car. Well, and I, and to your point on the reviews, like, and I have had trouble with those two. Like they said, then they go, okay, let's give this, let's give this Porsche to this guy who's a, who's a rider and sits in his apartment most of the time and goes, he's going to go out and drive the car a couple of times. Like, why don't you give that Porsche to a guy that has three kids? You know, his other thing is a Snakoya. He has to put a baby seat in it. He has to drive it, you know, test the car. Well, test the car with the type of people who are buying it. Well, but, but I'm saying like test, but show, like you said, they pick the people that do the tests. And if they don't get the results they get, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I remember a good friend of ours was talking about a, a person he met down in Monterey and she had written an, uh, an adverse article to Land Rover and she was no longer welcome to write... <laughs> Articles for about Land Rover. I'm going. Well, wait a minute. Like that's doesn't that defeat the purpose? Like right. Somebody's going to want to read that review. That doesn't mean people aren't going to buy Land Rover. I mean, and it's funny. Guys will argue tech specs on cars, or my G the GTR is one of my favorite ones. They're like, oh, the computer drives it. You know, you, you don't get the same effect. And, and as somebody who goes from one extreme to the next, I had a C6 Z06, which was way scarier to drive than my C7. Yeah. Then a C63 AMG, and then the GTR. Um, yeah, the GTR was a lot easier to drive fast. It did a lot of the work for me. You know how, how much more fun it was to drive a car that I could push so hard in spite of my lack of skill of a, as a driver? You mm -hmm. give that car to somebody like Randy Prost or um, what's his name? Anybody but us. Yeah. yeah any pro driver. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're probably still going to be faster in it, but they might have more fun in my C7 or a, a Viper ACR for that matter. But you know what is going to happen if you put somebody like me in a Viper ACR and tell me to push it as hard as I can? I'm going to be so much slower I'll see in that you at car. Your funeral? Yeah, I'm either going to die and shove it into a wall <laughs> or I'm going to be ridiculously slower. I'm way slower in my C7 than I was in my GTR. To so, that though, I, I, love, I love the world we're living in and I'm going to bring this back to you of technology because as you know and i think you're already scheduled for this for what is it chevy just came out this week with that for an extra 350 dollars they'll make your corvette faster well sort of they, they're not adding horsepower they're retuning the suspension but that's still, ride. it still makes it faster i mean yeah you're still, they're, they're I mean, revamping the track mode and the sport that's, mode that's and really yeah. cool about this world like that, that little bit of money and you're taking a car that's already insane and, and you're making it better yeah so they're, which i think is it's kind of neat and and i think it's, i'm glad that technology is allowing us to do that so Speaking of technology, oh, okay, number my two. Number, my number two embraces it uh, just as much as the GTR does. If honestly. you say Tesla, I'm kicking you out. Oh, I, that wasn't even on my list. Okay, good. Oh. Like, I actually like Teslas, but yeah, uh, yeah they, the lack of range, the lack of infrastructure, put them off the list. Mm -hmm. I, I think they're great cars, and they have a great way to go. I mean, they still have some kinks to work out, but they're a brand new company. I don't care what you say. A gas stop takes a hell of a lot less longer than charging a car. Right. Like I said, when the infrastructure is in place, I'll probably be all over it. Yeah. I'm not anti-electric at all. Yeah. Um, but number two for me is the Audi RS7. Interesting. That's the slapback. Yep. Okay. Um, and I... It's, it's funny. The, the RS5 is the one they just introduced, right? It's the smaller uh, they just, version. They, no, they revamped the RS5 and made it a twin turbo six with more horsepower and but, torque. But I thought it had. They, they have. They, they, so the, it's a coupe. The RS. The RS5. Okay, but the A7 was the slantback, and you're yeah, talking about a, the R. But they just did an RS7, they, a slantback coupe. Like there's a new version. Had, yeah, there's a there's a newer RS7, but okay. they've had the RS7 for a while. Okay, but so, I didn't even think of that, and that is a wonderful thought. So. Okay. Room for four, comfortably. Understood. With heated rear seats and cooled rear seats, okay. let alone the fronts. Uh, I think they even have a massaging option. Uh, absolutely silent if you want it to be. Massive horsepower and torque. You can get those things well over 600 with just a tune. 
um, I think they're 550 stock or something. Um, and they, in spite of them being poorly engineered, like the 911, where you the may en- have just changed my list. Oh, I feel influential. Well, <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, it's a really good point. I'm j- I didn't even think about that car. Well, yeah. you know, it's funny. I was thinking about cars we've owned, and you were talking about, and I thought about your Ghibli actually, mm-hmm. and I was like, what would be the like ultimate one up if I wanted a four four door? Always got a one up, me, don't you, Dan? <laughs> if I wanted the <laughs> ultimate four door sedan, and you know, I was visiting our friend at Audi the other day, and there was one in the shop. Um, it was actually just I've seen it around town. It's that black one with the black wheels. Um, it's hard to miss. Anyway. It's just absolutely beautiful, but all that horsepower, all that torque, the amazing all-wheel drive system that is Audi. Um, you've got room for four extremely comfortably, room for tons of gear. You have an optional factory roof rack you can put on the thing with no modification to the car, just bolts right on like any other Audi. You've got that lightweight chassis. I mean, it's still the thing weighs, it's a tank, but for what it is, for all the options it has, it's relatively lightweight. lightweight. And in the summer, you can just rail on the thing. Like, that's going to be an all-year-long, no matter what. Change the tires, that's it. It's done. It's nothing else. Okay. So, as much as I love this idea, and it's causing my, and it's causing my brain, and this, is, and this is a car we've talked about before, and this is a car I would own, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know why I didn't think of this. The RS6 Avant. Well, You're getting all that horsepower. You're getting all that room. You're getting a wagon, which, okay, I like wagons. You don't all the no, time. No, no, I, I like wagons. You don't like wagons. I've had. I've seen I've your had, ant. I've seen your anti wagon bumper sticker. No, I'm joking. I had an S4 Avant. <laughs> I'm just. I'm, I'm kidding. Don't ever buy an S4 Avant with a V8. Anyway, but look, I mean, that's. I mean, I think because you think about like the Audi All Road and things like that. Yeah. But, I mean, but, but the, the RS7 is such a. You just blew my mind with that. Like I didn't even think of it. We so. didn't have the RS6 in the U.S. though. Everything we have here is. I understand that we don't have it, but I mean, we didn't also make the. We make these rules, and I just. <laughs> I want it. But okay, so con- I'm sorry. Continue your your rant. So, no, <laughs> 550 horsepower, yeah. twin turbo V8. Um, you've got that. Uh, oh, what is it? Uh, uh, variable steering, which I've never had. Like, okay, there are guys that are purists out there. Like, electric steering is terrible. Blah blah blah. Okay, I have electric steering in my Corvette. I love it. It's one of my favorite features on the car, and it's customizable so it's like i can leave the car in sport mode or touring and put the steering in track what happens if you lose power it, ba- it has a backup it, so it, it has a drive shaft it has a drive shaft okay yeah it's just electric assist okay um it's still it will, take it back it's electric steering but yeah they've thought of that don't I worry i thought there were a couple of cars out there that didn't have i think when they were first talking about it that um, and i kept thinking so you lose power and how do you steer it's like it's like when you, you take your throttle your hand off the throttle of a jet ski and it doesn't it doesn't turn yeah. <laughs> so this one almost made number one on my list because I feel like it is one of the one of the only cars out there that offers virtually no compromise for an entire lifestyle. You could have this car as a single guy who just doesn't have any family responsibilities and doesn't need the room, and you still have a full-blown sports car. Agreed. I mean, this thing is going to do 10-second quarter miles just by flooring it mm-hmm. on its stock tires, let alone with a tune. Twin Turbo V8, and we know Audis and Porsches, anything turbo German loves a tune. Uh, and they're usually underrated for that matter. They're usually saying, yeah, it's got 550 horsepower. For some reason, they still do that. Porsche does that a lot. I have found with Audi, though, that in, in, with some of the source of their engines, like, and you, I think you even brought this up to me. The V10 in the Audi R8 and the Huracans is wonderful. But the minute you put it in a front-wheel drive S8, it becomes an absolute crap. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, it's funny. And it's hard to service. Well, one of the worst parts of the, the, the biggest downfall of this car would be extended service, mm-hmm. anything twin turbo. Um, although I think this 
motor's been proven pretty reliable, although I don't know if there's enough of them out there cranking up high mileage to really sway me to number one. And that was the reason I didn't, um, is because I don't feel like there's enough long-term data on the RS7. And I looked because it was so close to my number one. I almost put it as number one, but I, I don't think... That actually think seems more achievable considering who... If, if we only we knew a high-powered Audi tech. Um, <laughs> we'll so, bring him on here. Yeah. But I mean, I figured, look at this. B&O stereo. You're going to have amazing sound. You're going to have... Uh, the giant panoramic sunroof. You're going to have every option you can think of. This mm-hmm. thing. giant brakes, carbon ceramics on a, on a you know giant four door car. Yeah, I get you. Just, I don't disagree with anything you said. I it's like I said, I'm just a wagon guy, and so I, that's why I, I go back to the. Oh, believe me, if we uh, had the RS6, it uh, probably yeah. would have been in its place. I just because for the cool factor, but and I think wagons are cool. Well, and that's why I didn't. It's not the RS6 is not on my list, is because obviously in my mind you couldn't have it here. And, I, and I'm starting to realize in my mind that I might have a slight little thing for John Olson because these are all these cars I'm naming are ones he's had. <laughs> he's a man after our own heart. Absolutely. I Except mean, we can't ski and we're not athletic. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, <laughs> and then I think he's beaten his body so bad that he can't ski as much as anymore. But yeah. So, yeah. Well, let's, uh, now that we're at number two, we're, we're coming on to our number ones. Let's take a, a quick break and we'll come back right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Dan from Rain City Supercars. Rain City Supercars is brought to you by M Squared Fitness, personalized fitness and personalized performance. Nick and I are both members at M Squared and can personally testify to the great results. You can find M Squared Fitness at m2-fitness.com or on Facebook or Instagram at m2fitnessredmond. Mention Rain City Supercars and get your first visit free. But remember, you've got to mention Rain City Supercars. All right, we're back, everybody, with our number one, uh, the ultimate Northwest supercar. Who's ready to get mad? (laughs) If you only had one car to drive day in, day out, every single day, that was a supercar. Um, Mine went pretty logical. I'll start with a probably a predictable choice, but I've driven a few, and there is so few supercars that can perform at this level all year round and they have the test to prove it and so my pick is the new 991 porsche 911 turbo s which wow you mentioned earlier but no i'm of course i agree um i thought about the exclusive edition but again too much exposed carbon uh i don't think it would hold up day after day it's not made for that um but front lift system awesome all-wheel drive system it's proven to work in the snow. They drive them year-round in Germany all the time. They test them in extreme conditions. You can throw a roof box on it or any kind of luggage if you need to. I mean, right from Porsche, you can get that stuff. Yeah. It's got decent mileage. It's got the only non-manual transmission that I think is probably even more fun to drive than a manual because it's so lightning fast and smooth, and you can just pop it in drive when you're stuck in traffic here, which happens all the dang time. Mm-hmm. It's not going to overheat on you. It's just, it's a proven day in, day out supercar. And that motor is solid. It's reliable. Um, I would probably skip the optional carbon ceramics if I was going to put tons of miles on it. But, uh, I mean. So, is and, and the only thing that's keeping you away from the new animal GT2 is the is rear wheel drive? Um, I love it, except I don't think all the exposed carbon and the wing and everything would make it practical for all the time. And it's so wide. It's even wide. I mean, it's like what, six inches wider than a regular 911 turbo S. I mean, fantastic. That would be a dream to drive as a second car, maybe 
let's be honest, probably a more practical fifth car. <laughs> but Just to uh, have in your collection, yeah. But, man, and it, that would be one thing I'd swap out, though. I'd immediately put a giant-ass wing on that 911 Turbo. <laughs> it's one of the few cars you can get away with it on. I was seeing somebody that actually did that, that put a full, like, uh, GT3 kit on a, on a yeah, did I've the seen, wing and, and the fenders. I've yeah. seen a few. Um, yeah. I just and, and Porsche's 911 design is one of those designs that you could have that car 30 years from now, it'll still look good. Because the 911 remains relatively unchanged in shape since since its inception, mm-hmm. and I think that speaks a lot for its design. Those that that thing from the rear. Oh, I was behind a 993 C4 S the other day, and I just pretty I, car. Yeah, I stopped. And I thought, man, what a beautiful car! Like that was really the pinnacle of Porsche 911 design for me was the 993. Um, and it just, but they still incorporate that shape and the, you know, there's the general headlights and the, the way that body flows on that car. It's just such got, it's got such a timeless, beautiful design that I think will never get old. It's got a great motor. The PDK has proven to be one of the only reliable twin plate clutch transmissions out there for high mileage, as long as you take care of it. The IMS bearing failure issue was pretty much eliminated. It, it never really existed on the turbo. Yeah, models. I was going to bring that up. The IMS bearing failure issue. Um, I was, <laughs> but I that mean, was on my list. Yeah, but I mean, you can get it with luxury options too, and still have an amazing supercar. Like you said, you get it in a convertible. You can get it with a sunroof, mm-hmm. which most people are purists are like, "Oh, a sunroof! How dare you!" But it's like in a touring car that I'm driving every day. Kind of nice to have that option. You're, you're talking about Porsche keeping the classic shape. One of my favorite pieces of automotive art is a, it, it what I describe it as like a Porsche poster, and it's every. Out, top outline of a Porsche going oh, yeah. down, and, exactly and you can totally about. see the transition, and it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But this is um, sleeker and sleeker yep. and sleeker. Yeah, and gorgeous, exactly. yeah, absolutely gorgeous. So, all right, okay. So this is this was I fought with this because um, you know uh, I I thought okay if it's going to be the ultimate thing, and and obviously it's it's going to be a car. I maybe I have driven, maybe I haven't driven. Could I drive it all the time? The GT4 Luso was in there because I just I love that car. Yeah, and I started thinking, well, you know. There's a lot of people out there that are crazy like me, and, and if they have too much money, which I don't, um, <laughs> but if I did, <laughs> do do crazy things. And there's one video that came into mind when I started thinking about this, and it's a guy in Japan that has a F40, and he literally straps like bootstrap stuff to the roof and goes up to the ski hill, which I love about that idea, like, which is, is insane because we have a couple of friends that, that have F40s, and the way they describe them driving, I, I can't imagine with those turbos kicking on in like slush or wet or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I started thinking about like something that was all-wheel drive, and and as you know, I have a love for Lamborghini. I always have had a love you for do Lamborghini. Have a love. So I would go with an Aventador, and I might. I, I I know it's crazy, and I know there's no space, but I just think it's it's a car that that could be driven. I don't think a lot of people it's for drive you. Apparently. It's for me exactly. I mean, all right. again, Fair, this is my okay. list. I mean, I mean, and I and the funny thing about that is I sit there and I go, I, you know, if I had the money and I could do it and I was daily driving it and I started to think, well, like I, how many weeks before like that exhaust just became so obnoxious. It's like, I'm taking the bus. <laughs> I, as someone I mean, <laughs> who has an extremely loud exhaust. Yeah. Uh, never, it never, never, ever gets old. Well, but I'm just saying, I, I think with the variance and I mean, you can turn it off. Now now absolutely. Too. And then, and again, I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say the word one more time. Roof box. <laughs> you can put anything. I mean, you know, uh, what's the name at uh, DDE, Daily Driven Exotics. I mean, he's got that roof box on the back, on the on the top of his hurricane. Huracan, he takes it everywhere. As far as storage goes and things like that, I, th- I think all those things can be overcome. And I mean, you know, the I know that that the Aventadors haven't been known to be that reliable. There hasn't been a ton of issues, but you know, most of the things, most of the issues burn themselves out because uh, they catch fire. But. Uh, <laughs> 
I, I you're kinda, not building a strong case for yourself. I know right I'm now. not, but that, but that's 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 why I'm trying. To, I guess I'm in, in one way. I'm trying to say this is what I would do, and another way I'd say I'm so stupid. This is what I would do. <laughs> kind of thing. So I guess it's one of those things. If I had the money, I'd be like, why not? Yeah. I mean, at the same point, I mean, guys like Roy, they put snow tires Again. on his Mercedes. And I thought about that too. I was, I was like, well, maybe you get an Aventador SV. But then I started thinking like, um. With that wing and like, you know, that's that's a lot of extra carbon to be beat. But I mean, I, I love the idea of being stupid enough to have money to do something like that. To be able to go, this is my only car. I'm going to drive the crap out of it, you know, and. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd make a terrible millionaire. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd, make a, I'd, I'd make a wonderful millionaire for about a week and then I wouldn't be a millionaire anywhere. <laughs> and so that wouldn't be an issue. How many but new Ford GTs can I buy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean. Well, they'd have to be matching my old Ford GT because that's that's what you have to do. Matching, you know. It's only logical. It, well, of course. So, I know it's not. It's not. And I mean, the funny thing is, is um, that, I, okay, okay, I well, said it, and Dan just went and went, went what? <laughs> then, if you're going that route, why wouldn't you pick a P1, a LaFerrari, or a 918? Be- or- well, I mean, the 918 being the all-wheel drive in that would be was the only reason I would pick the 918. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, because. The thing about it is, well, I mean, with the wet weather, assist. I understand. Or, I mean, or an NSX even. I would never pick that NSX. I hate the new NSX. You know, we 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 have a couple of friends. <laughs> I think it's pretty. That have have, have some of the older NSXs, and I think they're some of the prettiest cars out there. I love that body style, and I I mean, Bring again, pop up headlights back. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with it. I, I agree. I I understand. I, I mean, let me backtrack. NSX and Honda and NSX screwed up because they kept, they kept, they've introduced that car over like the last seven years. The Duke and, Nukem and, of cars. Every, yeah. yeah, Duke Nukem, Duke Nukem, Nukem of cars. Forever of cars. Yeah. So I think that's probably the reason why I don't like it. I mean, when you see it in person, you know, we, we've had the we've had the benefit of seeing it, and it's a pretty Multiple car. Times. I think it's cars. a gorgeous car. It's just not for me. It's not. Oh, I wouldn't buy one. I just still I think it's pretty car. I kind of feel like they took a couple of cars out of Grand Theft Auto and said, "This will work." That's true. Yeah, so I can um, see that actually. That's an interesting yeah, argument. I'm like, like, oh, that, that's right. And they even made that car out of Grand Theft Auto, I believe. But <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's not my thing. I just don't, I, I think if I'm gonna do something, if I'm gonna do be put with a challenge like this, you're gonna go logic. Crazy. I mean, logic's not. I mean, I'm living in a, ma- a made a made up. You know, you know, strawberry shortcake world. I might as well eat the strawberry shortcake. <laughs> so <laughs> um, why not? So I, I would have to go with an Aventador or maybe even SV. I love the fact that, you know, especially with Roy, like he's done with his SV and putting winter snow tires on it, doesn't stop him. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're careful and you're, you know, I think it could be and done. you don't have to back up a hill. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you go everywhere forward, you're fine. So, so the, for those of you who don't know, there's a really funny issue with single clutch uh, e-gear Lamborghinis. And that is if you back up a hill in one of those, you will likely burn your clutch out that day. Which makes a lot of sense because, <laughs> uh, you know, all mansions have hills that go up. And I'm sure I'm exaggerating that, but I have read about it countless times on the forums. I've looked at uh, the, the single plate E-Gear uh, R8s, Gyarados, uh, Huracan, not the Huracan, they're all twin plate, um, but those, and that was a notorious issue for those, and it always huh. made me laugh. Uh, the only reason, and I think this is a stupid reason, but the only reason I wouldn't pick a Huracan is because it's it's the room inside. <laughs> There's a little oh. bit more room inside an Aventador. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah, about you know, it. It's funny, a uh, true story. So we had the chance to drive uh, a Huracan Spider, and I look directly straight at the roof line of the windshield. I can't see crap out of that car. And you and I are not that tall. I'm 6'1", and Nick's... And I'm 5'12". 
<laughs> so, and yeah. I couldn't believe it. Uh, my my Z06 is actually pretty similar, where it's on the ragged edge of me being too tall. Even with the top off, the wind goes straight at my forehead. I can see just enough, but I do. Ha- it's uncomfortable. It's my biggest complaint with the car. But I, I've it's realized terrible in Huracan. Talking to some people that have Huracan spiders, that you're not supposed to sit up in the seat. You're supposed to crouch and have your knees up by the indicators, so that you, therefore you're low enough. And that's how you. That's how people get away with it. I didn't say it was logical. I said that was what I was told. I think it's the new so. crash safety standards. It's garbage either way. I don't like it. Oh, well, crash safety standards where they just takes the top of your head off before it takes the top of the car <laughs> off? Love the idea. Rollover protection. Smash your exactly. head. Exactly. Your cranial dome is what's going to stop you from dying. All right. I'm going to th- throw one last thing in here since we have just a few minutes left. If I had to do this in my current life with my current income and my current budget, I would buy a Raptor, v- the new V8 twin turbo Raptor. I would actually prefer, actually, no, the V6 one turbo, but I would actually prefer the V8. I take that back. I would V8 supercharge. I'd buy a Roush V8 Raptor. And the reason is, is that thing is so much fun to drive. Well, if we're doing it on our current budgets, let's see. Um, how much are paper Maserati. plates? No, no. <laughs> um, I, I think I, w- I would. Just stick with your Maserati. I'd, no. I'd go back. I love the Ghibli. That's not my point. Um, I, I'd, go, I'd go back to my heritage, and I'd probably have a, a WRX STI. Really? They're great cars. I, I know for a fact. I mean, I, I mean, I've had the, the I've had two of the wagons which I love, and I, I was able to do. And then yeah. there's no stopping them. And I just think you know, I, you could do it. You could do along those lines. You could do the Evos. You could do the Mitsubishi yeah. Evos. They, you could, so they fall into the Corvette problem where you love the car, you don't want to be the owner because it's like, oh, where does it hold my vape pen? You know, because <laughs> like I love STIs. I love Evos. I grew up. I remember watching uh, Jackie Chan's Who Am I? And he has that Evo 5 in there. Mm-hmm. It's his own car. And uh, after seeing that, when I was a kid, I was like, I, I want one of those worth anything else. I want an Evo so bad. Sure. And I still want one. But oh, that crowd, man. I know. There, there is a certain... It's worse than Corvette crowds. And they're such great cars. Worse than Stan. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's, there's always really cool owners. I know a lot of nice people with STI. Steve's got one. And he's a great guy. But it's well, that same it's thing. debatable. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite cars, and man, it's just like oh, every time I go to like uh, any of the drift stuff in Monroe, I'm just it's just a cringe fest. You're like so on a, on a level of hatred for STIs. Where does Stanced? Is that, is that way on the bottom? I feel there? like I should alienate that. Oh, he's eating through yet. his own finger. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I'm just saying like on a current budget, like I I, I could see like uh, STI would be a solid and, and it'd be a few years older, and I and I you know I I yeah, I'd probably. I would, I'd go with the wagon, actually. Yeah, just because oh. it's so dang practical. Yeah. I mean, it, it, for I've had I've never had problems with my STIs and I and or my my, my Subarus, I should say. And yeah, as long as you take care of them, they have the head yeah. gasket issue. But I mean, you can stay on top of it. It's not even that hard to do, really. No. Um, yeah, I would only choose the Raptor because I love being off road. Well, you know, and I mean, there's to something explore, to that too. So. Those Raptors are incredible. Did you see that new Hennessy Raptor? That's the, yeah. the six by six now. I was like, I, I don't know if that craze should catch on. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if Mercedes did something they shouldn't. But. And I drove our friend Brian's ZL1 um, with the 10 speed. It's mm-hmm. the first car I've driven with that 10 speed transmission. Mm-hmm. That is hands down, no contest, the best automatic I've ever driven. I, it like if you floor that thing, it feels like one constant gear of torque. Hmm. It's amazing. And that's in the ZL1 Camaro, right? Yeah, the new okay. ZL1 Camaro, yeah. Okay. And nice. Fantastic car. Uh, I didn't think I would like the 10-speed as much as I did. I wouldn't take it over my 7-speed necessarily because it's a second car, but if I was just dailying something like a Raptor, sure. oh, man. But I'm not a fan of that twin-turbo 6 in the new one. I don't think it's going to hold up as long as well as the V8 did. It's, I think it's a better design, but I don't think it's – I. it's a truck. For trucks, I'm like, I want 150,000, 200,000 miles out of it at least, and that's that's a low number. 
the funny thing I find about this Raptor is one of the biggest things that, ha- that happens in the truck community is engine swaps. So I'm waiting for somebody to keep that 10-speed transmission and put a bigger engine in one of them. I just want Chevy to make something. I'm not, well, no, I'm not even anti-Ford, well, except dealing with Ford. Well, I mean, but. so... Well, along, so Ford is bringing out there's you know there's the new Raptor Ranger or Ranger right, Raptor Ranger that's coming Raptor, out which yeah. looks kind of interesting. But I, I do think that Chevy needs to step up. I do think that the they, the, the market's obviously there and and Ford is taking it and yeah exactly and they put out that ZR2 uh, the Colorado ZR2 yeah. that trick suspension and stuff on it which is overly complicated for what it is. I don't think that's a good idea. Somebody at Ford was really smart. I mean they sat down in a meeting and said look. Let's make an off-road truck. This will sell. And people, somebody went, okay. Yeah. And it has. And they have one of the highest resale values of anything on the market. Don't put anything in the bed or drop anything in the bed. Yeah, or hit a stick. Or hit a stick. Thanks for joining us right for through. episode strong seven. Wind. As always, I'm Nick. And I'm Dan. <laughs> and I said, don't just get there. Enjoy the drive. I'm with you. Yeah. Especially supercharged. I mean, that you know, nine, ten miles to the gallon, kind of a downside. But, hey, you can buy a bigger gas tank. Yeah, absolutely. Side tanks. Yeah. <laughs>